We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah. Tip for tat, man. Uh, it wasn't hey. even worth it. Episode 111. Unspoken words, 111. 111 Thursdays in a row. Hey, uh, hey, oh, hey, hey, uh, hey. 111 different episodes. 111 different topics. A hundred and eleven different outfits. <laughs> oh man, it feels good to be here on a Thursday night on our hundred and eleventh episode. It's almost uh, it keeps sounding like you guys are going to say on our honeymoon. Hey, honeymoon. Hey, hey, not that lonely. Nephew. <laughs> Don't talk like that. Don't get on married. Our honeymoon. <laughs> Baloney sauce. All right, over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus. He's number 83 uh, in the place to be. The pod Gotti Randy B. Say what's up. Hello, everybody. And he has his octopus boots on. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you get those? Where'd you get those? Those are tight. Your tentacles are hitting me. (laughs) Man, keep your tentacles away from my J's. (laughs) And over here to my right, all the way from Babu, and I know, I know, I know. He is your favorite Indian, your hoe in one, JCB. Say shoulder. I wish I had some tentacles. And he's wearing his rainbow trout boots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those are nice. What are those? Rainbow trout. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and across the way from me tonight, special guest in the house, White River Cheyenne from the suburbs of Busby, Montana, Kim Lone Wolf. Say shoulder. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have nothing fast. <laughs> uh, we're trying to get you to speak crow tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs in the house from up the road in Arrow Creek. Uh-huh. Arrow Creek's finest. Arrow Creek sensei to my right. <laughs> and he ain't even trying to preach to my left. <laughs> hey, it's pretty good. Pretty good to be here tonight. And uh, in a little bit, we're going to put Kim on the hot seat and give her the third degree. And But before we do that, I got a little game for us. Tried and true. Tried and true game. Tried if we can get Randy to pay attention. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, go I'm sorry, guys. Because it's game time. Would you say tit for tat? Yeah. Is that what she said? No, <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> we do not acknowledge some things. 
Yes, that is true. Uh, excuse me. Uh, so, tried and true game. We're going to tell a story. Okay. Uh, so it's story time. Cause it's game time. <laughs> yeah, it's right about that time. It's oh, it's story game time. time. Story time. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Go ahead. Everybody deserves a verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Everybody tell I your story. <laughs> it's story time. Because it's story time. Oh, you know how we love those stories. Man, I, th- I thought we were winding down. To get into a second verse. Oh, story time. Encore, encore. Oh, man, too funny, too funny. Okay, so somebody give me a premise, a topic, something. Anybody. Uh, Not all at once. Okay, um... Let's see. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, Listen. Okay. So you're going to the basketball game. Okay. But you forgot your wallet. Oh, man. I knew you were going to say that, too. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I'm hanging on to my wallet. <laughs> In my got pocket. Right, got it right here. <laughs> see that? We got, we got oh, this. Oh, Randy forgot his wallet. He's checking his <laughs> pockets. <laughs> okay. So going to the basketball game, forgot your wallet. We'll start with Randy and then we'll go to Kim. JC and back to me. We'll go around. Story time. Story time. I was driving, driving down Fourth Avenue and all I saw was the moon. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> driving super fast, but not too fast. I don't know. But I wanted to get there before tip off. Now all I could think about was that Metro popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Crossed him up right there <laughs> And I put my hand down And all I felt was that Red string baloney <laughs> <laughs> Driving down the street like this <laughs> But I forgot my wallet <laughs> Good. Then I thought maybe they'll let me in if I give them some bologna. <laughs> then I was like, oh, yeah, I got some bread in the trunk. I'll, I'll just sell some sandwiches in the parking lot. Telling man, I don't know where to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll call that one good. We'll call that one good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Pretty good. We're getting good we at got, this. We, we got a, yeah. All right, do another one. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. <clears throat> you had the basketball game, and you see your fatal attraction. Go for it. Darren Fritzler. And he started singing to me. <laughs> he said that pretty quick, though. <laughs> Darren Fritzler's the homie, man. We're always teasing each other at the Metro. So I always spot him out in the crowd and I'll take his picture and I'll post it. <laughs> you got to catch him with that, that hot dog. Yeah, I do. I got to. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You're watching the basketball game, and then you see your fatal attraction. And I tried to hide. <laughs> and run across the room, or the other side of the building. But then when I turned around, my fatal attraction was right there. <laughs> they had two ice cream cones. And 
I sure love that bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered how it tastes. The bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb, man. <laughs> and I thought maybe, just maybe, <laughs> for the bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> so I had to tell her, you had me at bubblegum. <laughs> So I grabbed the bubblegum ice cream and we held hands for the rest of the game. <laughs> I said your hands remind me of that ice cream because it's so cold. Then <laughs> 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 I excused myself <laughs> and headed home. <laughs> but at least I got an ice cream out of it. <laughs> And then I reached for my bologna sandwich. <laughs> and my bologna was still there. <laughs> <laughs> then I thought, oh, snap, I forgot my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but the bologna was there, unlike everybody else. <laughs> I think that one ran its course. I know. <laughs> Hey, that was pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, so, any any football news? How's your guys' teams doing? I know how uh, Randy's team. My doing, team sucks. <laughs> I, I'm on the verge of switching, bro. I'm jumping you, ship. You gonna come over to the Eagles? Yeah, probably not. Nah, boo, <laughs> boo this man. Who you, who you gonna, who you, who's your team right now? As it stands, I, I'm with the Colts, but I might go to Las Vegas Raiders. What? Yeah. What? Oh, just because your your dad got you that jersey? Yeah. But, but no, I had the jersey. <laughs> I got the coat. <laughs> and I got the hat. Oh, okay. Okay. And All dad, you need is the undies. <laughs> <laughs> I can make my own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just make, make some just put a Raiders logo on your whitey tighties. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the flared bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that jacked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spit on my you drink. You can't go so many different ways with that one. I know, I know. <laughs> How about anyway. you? What's your, who's your team, Kim? Seahawks. Oh, We're doing Seahawks. really good without Russell Wilson, so. Yeah, I think yeah. he's washed up, man. Yeah. yeah, I think we made a huge mistake. Yeah, I, I never was team. a, yeah, I never was a. Well, I just think they figured him out. Like, he's too short to, like, sit in the pocket. <laughs> so he always has to scramble. And everybody knows that now. Yeah. So they already, they got him, man. Everybody got his number. Keep him in the pocket. But, I mean, you'd yeah. think they would have figured it out a long time ago, right? Yeah, I mean, like, because I don't, I don't think anything's changed. It just, I don't know. I think he's just their offensive line. Yeah, true. Could be. Yeah, just can't protect him. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <coughs> I don't know, man. All I know is, uh, ever since the Peyton Manning signing, we've kind of been down on their luck. You know, it's mm. been about what seven years? That's been a minute. That was like twenty fifteen. They signed him. Yeah, 15, something like that. When did they win? Because you guys won. And then we won the next year, right? Oh, no, there was 14, because remember they went, they got beat by Seattle. Yeah. But well, that was 13. Manning got there, they won, won it, right? Yeah. 
One in 15, I in think. 15, Super Bowl okay. 50? 50, yeah. yeah. I, no. did re- I did really 49. well on that game. Really yeah, well. 15 because I was, I just now got sober that year. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because we won in 18. Yeah. And I was just watching highlights from that game today, actually. I could jump I've, on YouTube and watch them highlights. Oh, yeah. But I've never, I've never been a big fan of that. Like, even in a Peyton Manning signing, because we got a lot of people as fans yeah. that were never fans before. Oh yeah, yeah, just Peyton you know? Manning fans. Yeah, well, see, I, I got to admit that when he went to the Broncos, I started rooting for the Broncos because that's the only reason why I started liking the Colts was Peyton and Edger and James too. Oh yeah, because we kind of lucked out on you know because he was on his way out of the league at the time. Um, kind of got him on the downslide. Yeah, we got him on a downslide, and, you know, it was understandable. We never, like, expected him to, you know, but he's Peyton Manning, and you kind of pick experience over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I felt bad for those uh, those teams <clears throat> that were under or that Cutler. Was that his name? Those yeah. are some good teams. Yeah, just didn't have the right Just didn't have the right quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I used to be, I used to root for the Broncos back in the day. He was pretty erratic when he was throwing on, yeah. So, how what made you go for Philadelphia? Because, uh, like, late teens, I was just kind of like, man, I better pick a team because I was just kind of, like, just rooting for different teams or different players. Like, throughout, I think I told this story before. You did tell it on here. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, throughout high school, I was just a Randy Moss fan. You got mossed. Got mossed. I even had his jersey. I had a Vikings jacket. I wasn't a Vikings fan, but I was just a Randy Moss. Y'all got mossed. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, my affinity for Eagles <laughs> drew, drove me to Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Yeah, and I cheer on them Busby Eagles, too. Nice. <laughs> Just an Eagles fan. As long as they're not playing plenty coup. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys do? Do you know? Who? Plenty coups. Oh, I don't know. Played Hayes. Oh, yeah, today at 4.30. Or they're playing right now. Oh, it's right now? It's right now. to start at 4.30. I thought it was earlier on. Basketball season is upon us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, man. I'm excited. All London shootout or whatever they call it. Yeah, over there at the, the Mecha. <coughs> Mecha. Did you play ball? No. Oh, no? No, volleyball. Oh, I volleyball. can play some mean volleyball, I'll tell you that much. All right, down. <laughs> Spike Get it in there. your face. Yeah. <laughs> Starting fights. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get into a fight in volleyball? <laughs> I heard about you. <laughs> Most penalty minutes. Cool. <laughs> in Congratulations. Yeah, hold the state record. Name's, name's still in the record books. That's funny. That is funny. But what about the Brittany Griner news? Oh, yeah. Brittany Griner. Uh, hey. free. No, I heard uh, your boy. Oh, go ahead. Hit, the, hit that. Hey. Oh. Hey. Again, again, again. Again for Brittany. Hey. Oh. That, that one's for her safe flight back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's go. Uh-huh. That Lulu was the champion Lulu. Oh. Uh-huh. The champion Lulu. <laughs> champion see. Lulu at her clown dance. Yes. When we had the contest. Yeah. What are the champions? And just think that 50 bucks could have been yours. Could have been yours. It was sitting on the table for a whole year. Or yeah. You, the listener. Could have just recorded. Nobody saw you. Yeah. Didn't even have to leave your name. Yeah. Well, you had to tell us. You didn't us. even have to look at us. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, at this point, I prefer you didn't. <laughs> I had to wait. That lady was undressing you with her eyes. Oh, man. 
was like, oh, where this guy? Got himself an empty. Oh, she with the empties. Oh, oh, I had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a dollar. <laughs> I have about fifty cents. <laughs> I'd have about fifty cents. <clears throat> oh, so uh, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's go around the horn. Just kind of like what? What? Like a whole like what is what is your kind of I guess what what's your thoughts on the whole circumstance and situation? I'll start off. Hey, um, yeah, man, she took drugs. I don't know that whole part kind of throws me off too, man. She's like, okay, for women's national basketball association, she's like one of the biggest superstars, right? Yeah. Okay. So why would she like? Mike, why would you, I mean? Why would she take that over there? I mean, wouldn't that get caught on this end? Or like, I I think she was framed. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get at, is like I think she was framed because I mean, she probably like okay, she she vapes or she you know she does the dabs. She probably has a hookup in Russia. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been my stance the whole time. Like, I think she got framed initially because Putin, Russia government wanted that guy back. And that was the long game. I think, I mean, overall, I think that's what the deal is. Uh, I think, yeah, I think she got framed because, like, biggest star like that, they got to take precautions. And... Like I, I just, I just can't believe the part that she either didn't know or purposely took some some cartridges over there. Yeah, uh, that, that part is just. Un- I just can't believe that. Okay, so <clears throat> like you brought up a good point though. They would wouldn't they have got it at this end? Because you can't even take hand sanitizer or toothpaste on the airplane. Yeah, right. Like, like oh, nothing do- over like. Three they have to be, yeah, and they have to be a travel yeah. pack. And you, you know, they'll look gold. I mean, they x-ray your, all your stuff. Yeah. And they, I mean, they found a dog in somebody's luggage the other day. Yeah. Was that a PJ? A pli- private jet that she flew on? Or was she on commercial? It's got to be commercial. I think it was commercial because there's just like other people walking with her. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I mean, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that into consideration. But then at the same time, why didn't she just say that from the beginning instead of pleading guilty to it? Like, yeah, I did that. Because remember, remember they played that recording of her saying, yeah, I did that. Well, they probably took her into the room when she got there, laid out some pictures of all her loved ones, said, you don't, if you deny this accusation, these people are dying. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, look, I'm not going to go so far as to say that that wouldn't happen because mm-hmm. I know that. When you are being interrogated, they can be pretty nefarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, who knows what those Russians are like? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but um, are not okay. even pictures. They could probably could have like open surveillance on people that she loves. Just like they're just at just showed her, her on, showed her on a computer screen or something. Yeah, and they're just like you. You deny this, dead. I got people on. I got people on your people. All I got to do is make a text. Okay, so that by that, then when she gets back, then. Wouldn't she be safe to say this nah, is man. what happened? Those people are still on their people. <coughs> uh, 
That seems like a lot. No, it's just crazy. It's just like a man. It's a pure political move, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think this Putin guy wants war. I think he wants. You know, he wants blood. I don't think he's a very good guy. Yeah. Um, and Brittany Brittany Griner was really used to send a message, and I think we got that message uh, fair. Right. You know, like you yeah. don't call the shots over here; we call the shots. Yeah. And, and we're gonna get somebody of significance versus a sports player. True. Like, that's what I think. Like you know what I mean? Like that's how my mind is worked. Like because it's like I think they're trying to pit us into a war. Oh yeah. Because the same president invaded Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's down to invade. Yeah. He's <laughs> down to invade. But I yeah, think, like, you know, you look at it and it's like, how can we hurt America? And you get somebody like Brittany Griner who's over here. You plant some freaking cartridges on her. Yeah. Because, dog, there's no way, like, you've been through TSA. I know, like, humans make errors, but there's way too many, I don't think, there's too much uh, ch- a chance for them to say, yeah. hey, what is that? Before she <clears throat> oh, yeah. got that far. Yeah, like you get, you get like all this stuff, right? Like in TSA every day and then you get her cartridge. That's why I asked if it was a PJ. Like, do they, are they different? Oh, yeah. In terms of like searching, you know? Yeah, and there's like very thorough because uh, I accidentally, instead of putting um, <clears throat> my son's hair gel in the checked-in bag, when we went to Vegas, I, I left it in the carry-on, and I had to throw it away. Yeah, see, that's a, <clears throat> I mean, like, even a bottle of water, you can't take it through that thing. No. That shows you everything, the x-ray. Like, you even try to get into, like, a federal building, like, it shows you, bro. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I get all that, but I just don't. Yeah, and then as we're talking about it, I just keep thinking about that footage they keep showing her, like, she's, like, supposedly at... The Russian airport, but then she has like all her bags, and she's like going up to this metal detector. But it's not like that. When you, you get to like an airport, <clears throat> you don't you know, you just have like your carry on, whatever. You and have, you go to you luggage pickup. Yeah, you go to to the luggage pickup place. You grab your stuff and you walk out. Yeah, you don't go through security. So I'm like that. Just I just not thought of that. They keep showing that footage of her walking up. To like this metal detector, and it's obviously like some kind of TSA in Russia, but she has all her bags. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, what are they showing us? And I don't yeah. disagree that it wasn't a setup. I'm just trying. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that, like that, whole thing wouldn't make sense the way they did it. Yeah, the way it played out. But I mean, I get it. I understand yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I I see where you're coming from, too, and I see where Randy's coming from is like, a political thing. Um, <clears throat> like, they just punked out America. Yeah. And then <clears throat> the, other thing, the, the other thing, too, is that there's another guy that they're holding um, in Russia. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's actually, like... He's been there longer. Yeah, he's a vet. Vet? Is I he? think so. Is he a POW? So. Prisoner of war? I don't know. Not too familiar with that one. But um, so I've seen people raising an uproar about that. Yeah, like they wouldn't let him go. But, but even, well, maybe, okay, so I'm just kind of working this out in my mind, but maybe they would have traded that Victor Boot guy for the other guy that was there longer, but then they figured, oh, well, we can get this lady, and that's an even higher bargaining chip. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, they could have just traded that other guy for the other guy. Yeah, true. But then she came along, and I like, oh, yeah, it's. Nab this one. Plus, 
I think the fact that um, they under Putin they don't like uh, the LGBTQ community. Oh, is it? Yeah, they they they're like I don't know what's the word for it. They're um, uh, I almost said penalized, but they're, uh, they're anti. Well, yeah, they're anti, but they're like um, they get in trouble for that. I oh, think. over there, yeah. <clears throat> oh, in Russia, yeah. Hmm. Like they get. Oh man, there's a word ostracized. For it. Ostracized, yeah, but there's like a word for it. You know, like when if you were to be harassed and um, bullied, like, and and uh, say trumped up charges against you, yeah, because you were a homosexual, like like hmm. that. Hmm. Like they're real prejudice. Or yeah. I don't know. I can There's a word for it. I just it's just escaping me. But they don't like it. Hmm. So they're not big on the LBGTQ community. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I I didn't. I probably heard that, but I don't know. That feels like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that probably has to play. But anyway, at any point, um, (coughs) I do know that those penal colonies are no good, man. Like, they put you in, like, little tiny, like a box. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. And it's. Their prisons are pretty tough. Pretty horrible, I think, yeah. Like, when you look at, have you saw those, uh, I think it's like History Channel or A&E? Uh-huh. Remember, like, the world's toughest prisons and stuff? <clears throat> yeah, those are, like, pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough, man. That was crazy. But what are your thoughts, Kim? About the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, just the whole thing. Basically, I think I, I think it is. It's kind of like what, what you're saying. Just, um... You know, you have to go through all of these these things. And on top of that, like, um, you have to get checked, you know. And yeah. then, so, like, a lot of sports or team players, like, they don't take anything with them because usually the countries that they go to have, like, better, you know, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, like, my argument, too, is, like, she probably the dabs are better over there. Yeah, yeah she's, like got, more she's got a hookup or, over there. Yeah, so you wouldn't have to Some of that Russian devil's it. lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them Russian dabs. <laughs> <laughs> they probably get it from those natives over there, and they're pretty close to Canada. Oh, yeah. Just... There's some natives in Canada that are, like, closer to Russia than they are to America. You know that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just saw it on the Peter Sentinel. There's natives in Alaska <laughs> that are closer to <laughs> Russia. That's what I'm talking about. There's the ones in Russia. What was it? The, or, uh, Alaska, the governor I mean. of Alaska. What was her name? That lady. She said she could look outside her porch and see Russia. Oh, uh, <laughs> Palin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Palin. Palin. <laughs> right on. Right on. <clears throat> So, you guys feeling warmed up? Feeling loosey-goosey? Well, well she's free, so... One more. Hey, welcome <laughs> home, Brittany. Hey, you yeah. ever... Nice. Yeah. I wonder if you're ever in Bellings, Montana, stop on by the Unspoken Word Studio. <laughs> you are always welcome here. Yeah, we got some Arnold Palmers you can enjoy, and we'll interview you. <laughs> See if you made your... Started your walk on the Red Road and quit them dabs. <laughs> <laughs> See if you learned your lesson. (laughs) 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 Just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing, Brittany. We love you. Keep balling out. We love you, BG. Yeah. 
BG. Bubble guts. Brittany Griner, baby. Oh, I seen a post on, uh, from the boy, the comedian Milo Smith. Oh, what did he say? He said, uh, um, celebration powwow for Brittany Griner. <laughs> what did he say? Um, Shoni Shimmel. MC <laughs> and his her sister. What's her sister's name? Jude. Jude Shimon. Um, <laughs> Jude Shimon. Jude Shimon is the arena director. Then <laughs> 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 name someone else, like another lady as the I forget what it was, but it was funny. But then people started jumping on there and saying, "This is the um, is this the ho- is this a homophobic joke?" And I was kind of like, "What?" Oh. We want to be offended by everything so bad. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was funny. Like, I don't know. But I don't even that. That was the furthest thing from my mind until you said that. Yeah, I know. I was just like, what? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I know. It's nuts. But I'm going if it's going to happen. <laughs> take my drum. Shout out, Milo. <laughs> Shout I'll, out to Milo. I'll take my regalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Milo Smith, you ever in Billings, Montana? Step on by the Unspoken Oil Studio. We got some tall cans of Arnold Palmer. What's Arnold. the other one? Arizona Fruit Punch? Mango. 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 Mucho Mango. Mucho Mango. <laughs> Sponsors of episode 111. Yeah. That check duly. Right on, right on. Uh, the okay. alignment episode. The alignment that just came to me. <laughs> huh? The alignment episode. Is it one one one? Yeah, divine. One one one. What is it? I don't know. Three out of three tournament. Um, the the boys I was coaching. This is a couple of years ago as a summer. Three on three tournament. He said, "What should, what should we do? Should we go man or should we go zone?" I said, "Yeah, go zone. Go one 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 one." <laughs> <laughs> just messing with them. <laughs> one one one. Yeah. one, one. <laughs> what they say? They just looked at me and I was laughing real hard. They didn't even like get it. <laughs> they probably didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're ready to go out there and go one 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 one. <laughs> one two one one. That's funny. <laughs> Run the two one three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Right, let's get into the main topic this week. Uh, so, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. I'm dreaming <laughs> of a white Christmas dum, 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 Just dum, like dum, the ones dum, I used dum, to know <laughs> I get my per cap and buy Jordans And listen to unspoken words <laughs> With my cold brew <laughs> and my friend on the side of me And sleigh bells in the snow <laughs> With my muskrat fur in the boots <laughs> That was your octopus boots <laughs> Man, wear your octopus boots <laughs> Extra traction <laughs> They're kind of like They just hold you from each other sweat <laughs> Your feet hit the ground and then your tentacles come later. <laughs> Even if you slip, your tentacles hold you hold you up. <laughs> your tentacles. 
That was on that episode And I was out of town You guys were talking about boots Made out of sea creatures or something Yeah like fish Like how come they don't Okay so they have like They make fashion out of like Other animals right Like a like a mink coat Well how come they don't make like Fashion out of like fish You know <laughs> There's your answer Why does everybody do that Everybody does that Okay so you know like, like you can have like A nice little handbag Made out of rainbow trout Or Cause it just don't work like that the Some scales are probably rot Or something I don't know, The scales would like Fall off or something I still think Oh the rainbow trout I love it <laughs> Oh my god, I always wanted oh rainbow god. trout. Oh my god, is that catfish? <laughs> the whiskers are just cute. <laughs> oh my god, what is that bath? <laughs> I just love your catfish hat. <laughs> oh, is that swordfish? <laughs> is that sucker fish? <laughs> oh, what is that whale? <laughs> oh. What is that goldfish? (laughs) 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 All right, (laughs) all right, enough of that. Uh, I got it from the carnival. <laughs> I got it from the carnival. <laughs> oh, you like ears. it? <laughs> I got it off this carny. <laughs> A little goldfish dangling from your ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. <laughs> All right, we got Kim Lone Wolf in the house. From the suburbs of Busby, <laughs> Montana, where yes. the Busby Bounce was born. <laughs> Do you know that story? No, I have never heard of that. For the Busby Bounce, they won the state championship on that. He shot, the guy shot it, and the buzzer rang. I was like tied up or they're down by one or something, and it bounced on the rim like five, six times, and then it went in. Oh, wow. And they won the state title, and then that's where the Busby Bounce was born. Oh, really? Like when nice. you're playing basketball? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Busby Bounce. That's crazy. I remember always saying nice. that in prior when we were growing up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so you're in hot seat. We're going to ask you a little bit about your story and stuff, and JC's going to kick us off here. So I'll throw it over here to your favorite Indian. Uh, hey. Aho. Aho. Well, I don't even have any questions. I'm just going to go ahead and let you jump right into it. Um, start from the beginning, a little bit of your background, you know, how you, okay. how you started using eventually. I mean, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Um, let me see. So I grew up in Busby with my mom, a single parent. Um, I have other siblings that I grew up with. Um, it was just hard. I know she, um, well, you know, when you're younger, you don't really understand like how adults, you know, what, what's, what's going on with adults in life. I never knew we were like struggling. I knew that we hardly had any food or anything, but you know, um, so she, like, talking now, and she used to do, we lived on the reservation, so it was a tiny little reservation, and she would have, she used to give people rides, you know, to get food for us, and, you know, just kind of have that res, you know, that hustle, Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, growing up, we lived there, and then we moved to Washington, um, 
and there was a lot more opportunity in Washington, you know, growing up. She had, she found jobs, so she was just, like, constantly working all the time. Um, I grew up with, um, I have five sisters and two brothers, and so I grew up with, um, let me see, like, an older sister to my brothers, and then a younger sister, so my other siblings grew up other, like the other three. Anyways, um, so we, um, just kind of had a hard life, like, unsupervised. My mom was always out working, or, you know, um, later on in life, I didn't know, well, now that I'm older, I understood, like, addiction. Um, she, she was addicted at one point in our lives, but that's why she moved (coughs) to Washington, was because she, like, hearing her story too um you know she was she got really into drugs and so we ended up going to Washington and that's where she wanted to sober up and so that's basically that and then so from there we had that unsupervised you know when she was using and then we moved to Washington and then she she constantly worked I remember her working from like getting us up for school but she would just be coming home from work sleep in a couple hours and then we'd get off of school and then she'd just be coming home from work and then go back to her night job you know it was just like that and so we were very unsupervised um you know a lot of trauma happened in my life you know um also I think that's a big part of like where like where um, my abuse kind of like alcohol and you know drug use started as um you know um from that and not having super you know super growing up supervised you know um Mm -hmm. and so I think when I was about 13 or no around yeah 13 years old I I started to um I went to a friend's house and her brothers were getting ready to watch a game um a Seahawks game like a football game and they were all smoking blunts and then Um, we were just young, you know, and they were like, hey, you guys want to smoke with us? And me trying to be cool, you know, I was like, yeah. So we all, like, smoked, and um, that was my first time. I I liked how I didn't have to worry about anything. It was kind of like a, like, you see those movies, you know, he sent us to the store, and, you know, it was just like an adventure for me, but it felt like a dream, and I think that's Mm -hmm. what I kind of based it off of, like, Um, just that, um, you know, we went to the store. I remember we got on those things, those remote cars. Then there was three of us, me and two other friends. And we were just blazing around and we were like, so like out of it. And, uh, we were having fun and we just like would crash into everything. And then the store was like, well, the three girls on the, the carts bring them back. And we got kicked out of the store and then we went, (laughs) ran outside (laughs) and then, then, um, (coughs) So we were like, oh, we didn't even grab anything, you know. And my friend was like, and he gave us food stamps, like paper food stamps. So we went to the pop machine outside and we were like trying to put those food stamps in that machine. Um, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it started wearing off. So we were like, all right, well, let's go home. Or, let, you know, we went back and he was like, what did you guys do? And we we're gone for a few hours, I guess. And 
we didn't even bring anything back and we told him that we got kicked out of the store and after that it was just a progression like I like I really and like enjoyed that feeling of just not being able to you know not having anybody um to like a supervise like I don't think my mom even knew half of what I did during when we were living in Washington and then um Later on, I think when I was, later on that same year, um, my older brother, that was my first, and like, I was pretty set in my smoking weed. Like, I was just, we would sneak out during recess or, you know, not recess, but like in between classes and we'd go smoke and then we would just trip out the rest of the day. That was basically my, um like what we would do so it was just like a norm for me to just smoke all the time mm. and then um I was introduced to alcohol the first time was around the same age um, my older brother and his girlfriend came they were living on the reservation they came up to Washington and they had a house party and like it was fun because everybody was home and I didn't have to like um like, I was just home, and I felt, you know, my brothers and sisters were there, and they had, um, my brother had a house party, and it was old E, and I remember me and my little sister, like, they were drinking in, like, a little garage area, and me and my little sister were just hanging out, and I remember my older sister's boyfriend, he would come to my window, and he's like, hey, you want to try this? And, um, I was like, what is it? And he's like, just try it, and so I was drinking it, and he would bring me, like, half full old bottles of, like, um... Like 40s? Oldie. Yeah, 40s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally my sister came, and she's like, what are you doing? And I, my stomach was, like, warming up, and I remember I didn't understand that feeling. Um, she was like, come help me, Kim, you know, because my little sister fell asleep on the couch. She's like, come help me pick her up. And I remember I ran in there, and I stood on the coffee table, and... I felt like I was on water and I was like, just like standing there, like I'm on water. Like it feels funny. And I was like laughing and she's like, stop, stop doing that. She's like, help me, you know, take babes to the room. And, um, her boyfriend was like, what's wrong with you, Kim? And he obviously knew, you know, I was pretty buzzed out of it. And, um, so that was, um, that, that time was chaos. Like for that moment, it was like, Oh gosh. And, and then, like, a lot of bad things happened after that. Um, mm. My um, brother's girlfriend, she got super suicidal, and she took a ton load of pills, and then she was trying to cut herself, and we had to call the cops, and then the ambulance came, and the fire department, and then I had to go to sleep because I was buzzed and I was underage. and So I was, like, hiding in this room, and then I got, like, start getting dizzy, and I remember I was, like, had to throw up in this little bowl next to me. And it was it was pretty bad. And then everything calmed down, and then my mom came home from work. And I was mm. like, oh, my gosh. It, and that was my first experience with alcohol. Um, I really didn't like it just because of how, like, the drama, like, everything. Like, it, like for me, alcohol was just chaos mm. at that time. Um, and so after that, we moved back when I was about 15 to Busby and um when we moved to Busby I wasn't able to really um get like uh, weed like 
I tried weed, but it wasn't as, like, I don't know. It wasn't good, like, uh, what I was used to. It wasn't as strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I wasn't able to get a hold of that. And so I, a lot of my friends, I remember it was eighth grade, and a lot of my friends were drinking, and I wasn't. Like, I I would be like, yeah, yeah, like, wanting to drink. But then I really didn't like the feeling. And so that kind of, like, I think it was just pure pressure that kind of got me into that drinking. Um, mm. And so, um, and then I just went crazy after that um, with the drinking, too. I remember, like, man, I think from 15 all the way up to, like, 17 years old, I just drank a lot you know and a lot like it was just me and my older brother at some point because my mom got married and then she moved to um moved into with him and she left me and my brother at the house um and so we just I felt like um it's just a life of unsupervised you know like not having that supervision and so we were like he he took care of me for the most part um like growing up um you know along goes with a lot of you know not having food and having to go to different places our fam like we didn't really have family that would want to feed us either mm-hmm. you know so but um other than that we we really um didn't have a lot of parties at our house we would smoke weed every now and then but because, like, I think about it, and I'm like, man, we could have had, like, partied out this house, and we, like, we didn't, because my brother was like, this is our house, we got to take care of it, and, um, you know, um, so we didn't really drink, but after he went to prison, <coughs> that's when I full out went, um, went all out drinking. Um, I moved with my, a friend, I met my best friend, and um, I moved to Lamedur with her, and we just took off drinking um we were going to school but that was like a bully situation we got bullied uh. <laughs> so she was like you want to just drop out of high school I was like yeah and she's like all right let's so we ended up dropping out and then we just drank that whole time and I remember I went through so many co- like my adopted dad he got me a car and after I got that car man I was on like cop chases all the time from Lambert to Busby. I was like, I, I remember I was like, oh man, here they come. Cause I would see like lights way back there and I would be like flying. And I'm like, man, I shouldn't, I should have not survived most of those, you yeah. know, drunk driving and being that young. And, um, and so, um, I really didn't think I, I, like, through my life, I didn't think I had a drinking problem or anything like that. Because um, I always thought, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, I remember I was, like, 17 years old. And, um, like, I was going crazy. And some, I got a police, um, I got pulled over. Oh, I, I was going on a cop chase and I got to Busby and then, um, I was like, Mom, I just, like, I go busted in the house. I was like, Mom, I just ran from the cops. And I'm all buzzed out. And she's like, oh, no. And so she called the cops. <laughs> and the <laughs> cops pulled up. 
And um, I got in my car and I took off. Like, I took off driving. And um, I went to the other side of the res line. And then I, like, just parked there. And the cop came up and she arrested me. And she put me in jail for DUI. And the judge basically told me, you know, if you go to treatment, um, I'll get that wiped off of your um, record. And so I went to treatment. But, you know, I've been to treatment so many times, I feel like I just did it for, you know, other people or just to get that off. And um, so, anyways, I ended up, I had to, like, a coming to Jesus moment when I was 17, and I was going to church, I was reading the Bible, you know. I don't know what snapped out of that. And then I remember I was taking the trash out of my mom's house, and I remember I took a garbage I was, like, throwing the garbage away, and I was, like, dang, I'm going to be 18 next year. Like, in a few months, like, am I always going to just be living at my mom's house throwing her garbage away, like, the rest of my life? Like, <laughs> I kind of got scared. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Job Corps, you know, um, I had Job, like, my older sister went to Job Corps, so I went and signed up for Job Corps also. And by the time, like, after my 18th birthday, I got sent off. And there I just kind of did a lot of um I got introduced to a lot of other things um and so I not just alcohol and weed but like air duster was a thing at that time Mm -hmm. so I tried that but that the one like makes your voice real deep yeah (laughs) I know and the guy was like he called it angel dust or something and yeah, just, I mean, I think without, like, throughout my, all my drinking, excuse me, sorry, um, I've put myself, like, for a woman, I put myself in a lot of vulnerable situations with mm. drinking and um, drug use, you know, and um, at that time, like, that with that um, air duster, that's what happened, you know, we were doing it, like, going back and forth and he kind of made an advance towards me and I got scared. So now I always relate that situation to that. So I'm like, I got to stay away from that, you know, <laughs> but oh, like, okay, you know, yeah. but, um, anyways, so, um, I just did a lot of drinking. Um, I got out of job corps when I was like 19 and that's when, well, I kind of had meth use also when I was about 16 I tried it once, and, um, you know, my friend, she had, um, I was babysitting for her, and she came back, and she paid me in, in meth, you know, I didn't know how to use it, and so she showed me, and so, um, I remember I stayed up, like, for two nights, just rearranging my room, like, 20 times over, <laughs> and I was all like, what the heck, and, um, I didn't like the way it was, so I'd go in and rearrange it a different way, and I color coordinate everything. Oh my gosh, it was just like so. I kind of scared myself with that, and I kind of backed away from that. And that was when I was 16. But um, after I left Job Corps, that's when I was like introduced. I was at a um, hotel party up here in Billings. I had my own place, my own car. I had a really good job. <coughs> and, um, I was just like you know still drinking I remember I had one friend that she would just kind of just be my friend to go by for me (laughs) and um so it was just a lot of um alcohol use still and then I went to a hotel party and met with um 
like a guy and he introduced me to meth and after I got introduced to meth I was like hooked you know mm. so I was on that for a while um and then that was like um and that you know I was hooked on that for quite some time um and then just living that lifestyle also um there's a lot you know throughout the years I had I remember when I was 21, I turned 21 on my 21st birthday because I had so much drugs in my system. I was like, I had meth, I had um, cocaine. Um, I don't know what else they found in my blood system, but um, I had a miscarriage because of my drug use. That's what, you mm-hmm. know. And I was so out of it, like I didn't even, it didn't affect me. And um, I remember I got caught I got put in jail on the reservation, and um, somebody TC'd me, my family TC'd me, and then um, to treatment. And I remember when I went to treatment, um, because it was like a few years that I was doing, you know, drug use, um, I went to treatment, and then that's when all the emotions hit. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I could have been a mom, and, you know, all of this other stuff hit me. Um, and then my body, like physically, my body was like, I didn't think I had a problem. Like my neck, I just was like shivering and my neck wouldn't stop. Like it had a nervous, like it kept shaking back and forth. And, um, so, but yeah, that, you know, and I kind of tapered off of meth use after I got out of, you know, that treatment. I remember like every time I would have to go to treatment, I'm... I would talk my way out of it. So I would always get out a week earlier than what I was supposed to. Like, that's just a manipulation of my addiction, you know? Yeah. And um, so I did that. And then um, after that, I was like, I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to do this and get my life together. And I think I was sober for, like, two months. And then I just fell off with alcohol. And then after that, I got I met my kids, my ex-husband, and then I had, like, I got pregnant, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is my time. Like, I'm supposed to be a mother. Like, it was just a big blessing. So I just did everything for my son. So there was a a sober period there until, like, from when I found out I was pregnant until, like, he was, like, one years old. And then after that, that's when the alcohol came. And then I realized that um, my... um, you know, alcohol use was like when I look back on it, it was just like a like a bit. I I like to binge drink. Mm. I can mm. once I start drinking, I just go for yep. months. And so with that, um, I was like, all right, I can't do this. And then um, I had my second son, and you know, I sobered up for him, my first and my second. And then after my second son, I found meth again you know I was like all right I I keep like with my ex-husband it was a very domestically abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and so with that I knew well if we drink together he's gonna beat me up you know and then after that I was like well I'll just let him drink and I'm like no he's gonna beat me up even though you know so I wouldn't want him anywhere near me and then 
I was like, oh, alcohol is just ruining my family, you know, not, you know, just that's kind of how my mind frame was at that time. And then so um, I found meth and I was like, you know what? It's never done anything wrong and I can do it. I can function. I'm not going to be sloppy drunk. And so I got back on to that and um, that pretty much um, I'm not proud of what like that situation because I did use a lot of meth and then um, I found I was pregnant with my third son and that was pretty upsetting also um, because I was still using meth you know and I had him and a lot of stuff happened with that and so you know I was using meth when I had him and so he you know he he got taken from me um when I had him mm-hmm. and so I I did everything I could to get him back because that was the most devastating thing ever you know to this day I think that I think it's the shame that kind of gets to me mm-hmm. um but you know so after that um I sobered up and it was just you know I was good for some years um I think so I had him, and then just the process because of the effects. It kind of really, um, I don't know how you would say it, but um, I really beat myself up about that situation. And so after that, I sobered up, and then I was, like, living a good life, you know. It was about 2014, around there. Like, and um, I was going to college for nursing. You know, my life was good. Me and my ex-husband, we decided to get married, like, legally. And then, um, you know, just, and everything was good. We got a place. And then my little sister um, was murdered in 2015. And then that's when, like, everything felt Like, I just gave up everything. My mom took, like, I gave my, my mom took my kids me and my ex-husband got a divorce. We lost our house. I lost, you know, I stopped going to college. And it was just downhill. And alcohol use was just um, bad. I got so bad. And with my drinking, I would... Um, my sister, she used to hang out on the streets out here. Mm. And so when she passed away, I just got drunk. And I would just find myself, like, coming to uh, any of these parks and I had two sisters at the time that were out there too, two older sisters um, Shauna and Ange and they used to get mad at me and they used to tell me, you know, what are you doing? You should go home. This isn't life for you, you know and mm-hmm. I would just be drinking and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't really care um, and then you know, just a life of just just drinking and then so like um, after that I literally drank myself so much. Like, it was just getting so bad to the point where I didn't care at all. And um, I would try to, I would have spurts of, like, in and out of drinking, you know, like, maybe sober up a month or two. And then um, I remember with my youngest son, I sobered up until I had him. And after that, I was just gone again, you know. Mm. Um you know, drinking myself, and then just, you know, um, just, let me see, um, and then recently, about 2000, and, 
Oh, a lot of stuff happened. Um, you know, with drinking. I drank until, like, this whole time. And then it kind of got me into a vulnerable situation. My ex-husband, like, we got divorced in 2015. So we were split up for some time. And then in 2018, um, he was getting out of prison. I don't know what he was in and out of prison for. Um, just probation violation or whatever. And um, so in 2018, that's when... Um, like I said, you know, drugs and alcohol really got me into honorable positions and I was drinking pretty heavily and I got into a situation with him. And I think with that, like being in an abusive relationship, they feel like they control you. And so he was upset that I, I was, when he was in prison, I moved on and all this other stuff. And so that's why, um, you know, things happened the way it did. And so, um, (laughs) I came, I moved, I was living in Missoula and I moved home. And, um, and during that time too, when I was living in Missoula, I tried to cut my alcohol uses down. Like, okay, well, if I drink whiskey, then, you know, I'll trade it for wine. And then I was sitting there drinking like wine, like boxes and boxes of wine. And, (laughs) you know, and then I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just drink a beer. But then as soon as I drink a beer, I'm like, oh, I really need that burn on the back of my throat, you know? So I would just go straight to whiskey again. And, um, so when I moved back, I went to treatment, and I think that's when I, I went to treatment at Rimrock, and then I started to um, introduce to Albriety Group with yeah. you, just I had, at noon meetings, and I was in and out of there, and it was just a lot of relapsing, like wanting to, but do I really want to, or is it my family wanting me to, you know? It was just mm-hmm. a couple of years of doing that, and so I was just finally... Um, you know, um, just kind of um, in and out of drinking and relapsing and then coming back. And then I remember in 2020 or 2019, that was the last time I used meth, um, was Christmas Eve. And I remember um, I relapsed and then, or I was drunk, and then I came to with my cousin, and all of a sudden I was sober. And, um, I was driving around, and I remember, like, I had a car full of people, and they were just digging around, just grabbing whatever they could out of my car to go sell it so we could get higher again. And I was like, I really don't like this life, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I'm going home. And I took everybody home, and then I went went home and slept. And then the next day, my sister's asked me to go to bingo. And I remember that, you know, I was like, man. So that was the last time I used meth. So I stopped a year before I finally sobered up. And when I was drinking after me and my older sister, you know, she passed away recently of cirrhosis like a year ago. And um, she was like, we had always brag we're alcoholics, you know, we're like, we're alcoholics, whatever, we're going to die of this. And I remember I got, I was on one of my Avengers and I remember the last time I drank, it was... Like, I was just, like, on a week bench. And I usually go on months. So this was just a week bench, and my stomach was hurting. And I remember I was drinking about two-fifths a day just to get me started. So I don't know how much I drink after that. But I remember um, getting that fifth and trying to drink it, and my stomach was on, like, my I was on fire. I couldn't hold it down. And then I took that first one, and I started getting a little buzz, and then... I drank the second one, and I 
my body couldn't handle it. And so I ended up in the hospital for pancreatitis. Mm. And even with that, I would, I, you know, my, my addiction was very manipulative because I was like, I even talked the doctor from letting me go early out of the hospital. And in my mind, I was thinking, you know, well, I'm going to go out the way I want to go out and I'm going to um, drink myself to death. Like my plan was like, I'm going to go drink, um, I'm going to go spend a couple of days with my kids and then I'm just going to drink myself to death. And mm. that's not how it happened. Um, I remember I got out of the hospital and I was like, all right. So I, I was hanging out with my kids. And then after that, um, my mom was kind of standoffish because, you know, mind you, like my my mom's the one that had my kids. Like I would drop her up, drop them off all the time, you know, throughout these years. So she basically, you know, was their mother figure during my addiction. And um, so I remember I went home and I was like, Mom, what, you know, why are you way over there? And she was over there with her mask on, <gasps> disinfecting everything. And she's like, Kim, I think I have COVID. And so I took her to the ER and she got COVID. And um, that was a process, you know, because we had to quarantine. And, you know, if you if you didn't quarantine, you could get fined or, you know, jailed. And so that was my thing. And um, that was basi- basically like my, um, I don't want to say, like a spiritual awakening, I guess, mm. would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Your turning point? Yeah, my turning point. Because, like, even death didn't make me want to stop my drinking. Um, it was, you know... <clears throat> looking in my mom's eyes and she was telling me, you know, what she wanted for her funeral, you know, and she was literally like her O2 was getting down to like 79, Mm. 79% to 78. And I would have to like help her exercise her lungs. And just that, you know, my mom was a superwoman my whole life. She'd made everything happen. And then it just all of a sudden went down. And so, um, and one thing that really clicked with me is she told me, you know, Kim, you know, what am I going to do? What are your boys going to do? You know, and um, she's like, I think Rianne, you know, Autumn was going to have to take care of them. And I'm standing right there in front of her and I'm th- sitting there thinking like, man, my mom can't even re- rely on me to t- to take care of my own kids. Like that's the person. And that was just like a reality check for me. And so... um I went into my room and I fell to my knees and I was like, God, if you give my mom, you know, if you, if you let her live this, this time, I'm not gonna, um, you know, I'll show, I'll show her I can be a good daughter. I'll show her I can be reliable. Um, just please don't take my mom. And, you know, in my mind, um, like I heard this voice was like, well, you know, just tell your mom to repent and know in her heart that she's going to heal from this. And, so I went into my mom's room, and it was like a kid, you know, like one of my little nephew or, you know, my, my son running up to me. Like, they believe something, and you, you know. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, you know, you, all you got to do is repent and know in your heart that you're going to get healed. Mom, do you believe that? And she was like, go make me some tea and shut the door. And, you know, so that situation. And, you know, we overcame COVID. And after awesome. that, yeah, um, after that... Uh, we got out of quarantine, and that was, like, the biggest, biggest thing. Um, I remember I was out driving around, and I knew, like, my tail was wagging, and I was like, I, 
I really want to drink. Like, I, that's, like, I couldn't control myself. And mm-hmm. my sister was like, Kim, so-and-so's in town over here. They want to see you. You know, come over here. And and um, and then my brother was in town also. And he's like, I got a motel. Come over here. Come check me out. Like, let's go drink. Let's go. And I'm driving on the airport road, hitting Zimmerman Trail. And I was coming down, and I was, like, anxious. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really... I really want to drink. And mm-hmm. I remember at the bottom, the West Enders had an AA meeting and I looked at the clock and it was like seven forty something. And I was like, I know they have an AA meeting at eight. And I just flew in there. And, um, that's kind of when I knew that I wasn't able to have to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, man, I just, I need help, you know? And then I ran in, uh, grabbed the sponsors list and I called every sponsor on there. And I was like, begging you know I was like whoever calls me back first I'm just gonna beg them I'm willing to do anything you know Mm. and um my sponsor called me and I was like hello you know and I just broke down I was like I need this you know Mm -hmm. um but after that it's just been like like one like you know one thing after another you know I think the first initial like year of sobriety is your hardest Mm because you have to take accountability for all your actions like I had court cases excuse me um I had to sit in jail I had to just basically take accountability for my actions I wasn't able to manipulate my way out of that because that's not you know I had a sponsor and she's like well if you did it you know and I'm all like yeah, I did, you know, instead of arguing and fighting back, like, you know, no, I didn't. It was your fault. You did this, you know, mm. you're out to get me somehow. And, you know, and it yeah. was just like not like that. And so um, just doing that. And then after that, like, you know, you you start it was recovering with my kids not having that trust for me, mm. um, not being able to be a parent to them. And then. um you know, my son, he was like, you, you know, he was, he told me this, mom, that time, that last time you, you said you were coming right back. How come you didn't come right back? And it was a serious question. And he was like looking at me. He was like, I missed you. I stayed up all night for you. And man, that really broke my heart because, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's just the self in, selfishness of the disease. Yes. And at that time you don't think you're hurting anybody but you are you really are mm-hmm. and you know that was the biggest biggest thing I had to deal with and um but um yeah go ahead take a moment doing great thank you doing good job Yeah, that. <clears throat> yeah, man, it was a powerful story, and I just, I really appreciate what you shared so far, and like, definitely, um, <clears throat> I was just like, I was there with you through this whole process right now, I was just like listening, I was like, oh man, it just like reminded me of so much of like, what I used to, what I used to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause like my, my oldest boy, he was, you know, he was right there, right along with me, and when I used to drink and stuff, and he remembers still, you know, he's older and um, <clears throat> he still remembers, Yeah, you know, and he brings up stuff occasionally. And I asked, I talked to him 
periodically about us. Remember when I used to drink and, you know, is there any kind of resentment? Because what I don't want is, like, I don't want him to have resentment over it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just want I keep checking in with him. It's like, now I said, I did this. I used to be this way, but I just want you to know that I'm not going to be that way anymore. You know, it's kind of end the conversation that way. Yeah. Um, but I know it's so... You go to West Enders, you get a sponsor, and then you start holding yourself accountable. I can totally relate to all that. Like, that first year recovery is difficult, I know, man. Yeah. Because, like, man, when you said that, you're just, like, you're shaking, kind of, like, almost trembling because you knew you wanted to go drink so bad. Man, that reminded me of this time, like, because I'm a singer. I sing um, uh, the round dances, powwow songs, and, like, prayer songs and stuff. Anyway, so it was in my first... I think it was like six months of recovery. They had a sweetheart dance in my hometown. And normally I go sing at that. And then afterwards we go party. You know, we go drink and drink the night away. And it was like Valentine's Day. So I was only about five months sober. And I went to, I went to that. I went to a basketball game. And then I went to the, the venue where they're having it. And I walked in the doors. And they had the sweetheart dance inside the gymnasium. I couldn't walk in there because, man, it was a huge trigger. I was like, if I walk in there, I'm going to go with these guys afterwards and I'm going to drink because that's what they're doing. That's what they do. And I couldn't bring myself. So, man, when you said that, you're driving down to the men, you're just like, it took me right back to that. Yeah. Uh, um, so, how many months you got right now? Um, or how many, yeah, how many years, months? Let me see. I have, I have t- Two years and four months sober. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Let's get some Lulu's. <gasps> Lulu train. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Two years, four months. It's awesome. Man. It's kind of crazy, huh? You're like, wow, man, I got that much? Yeah. Uh, so, like, today, what is, um, like, what do you do today to, like, you know, keep your recovery intact? What are you doing, like, different from, like, the past? Um, I had to work out a lot of character defects because I am very stubborn in my own, um, a lot of things that will trigger me, my attitudes and everything that will trigger me. So I do a lot of, um, I pray in the morning, I get up, I pray, um, and I go to a lot of meetings. Mm -hmm. So I do have a home group and right now, um, I did take up a, um, what is that? They elected me to be the GSR. And so apparently, like, I'll go around Montana just representing my home group and oh, getting, nice. like, information. But, you know, that's something that I've been working on. I really like to help others. Like, I'm not trying to um, – don't try to be pushy about it. I just let them know about, like, sobriety and, like, there's a better outcome because I can totally relate to people that don't want to sober up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sponsor. I talk to my sponsor. I still do my daily check-ins, or if I get triggered, I call her. And um, I have a lot of family in my like sobriety. Um, you know, events. If I, you know, I, I had to separate my the things that trigger me. And a lot of a big thing that triggered me was my own family, just because mm-hmm. of like the dysfunctional like cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I don't like to get missed. There's a different, it's different, um, you know, no matter how bad you treat somebody, like your family can treat you bad, call you down, this and that. 
but then um they still want you to love them yeah. you know and yeah. then for me i was like no i don't want that i don't want to get treated bad i don't want to get talked down to if you love me just love me you know so yeah. i had to put up boundaries a lot of boundaries oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's still different to this day too because i meet a lot of friends old friends old drinking buddies and they're like yeah they want the old kim you know the old kim is just this wild drunken woman that just is loud and out there and i mean i i'm still kind of out there but not as loud <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> don't say hey anymore uh question yeah. randy no i was gonna say i i, I um hearing your story kind of resonated with me like i felt i, I was kind of like how he was talking about like when you're on your way and then you like like tensed up or you know like man i got that feeling because i remember yeah. when i had sobered up in february of 2015 uh one of my friends like i i like i didn't know how anything right like my story but i remember fourth of july and she's like are you really done you know with a fat sack of dope Dang. and i'm sitting there <laughs> yeah. and i'm like Everything in me wanted to get high. Mm. Like, I wanted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was in this state of, like, hurt. And I wanted to, you know, pay my ex back. And I knew this would have hurt, right? But, man, I had that same feeling. Like, just that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. But your body, like, for me, my body just, like, tensed up. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I'm like... Oh, I know it's right there. I'm going to get high. White knuckling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I don't want to. Like, you're really, literally fighting for your sobriety. For real. Yeah. 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 So what'd you do? Me? I yeah. stayed in my room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to this day, like, it's still, like, it kind of hurts almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it, it's emotional. Because I think about it, and I'm like, man, like, I wouldn't be where I am today had I did, had I gave in that time. Yeah. Because I honestly believe, like, if I get back into drugs and alcohol... Like, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest thing that scares me is my daughter without her dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my daughter being born changed my life. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and the way that I think about it is, like, my daughter never has to be born. Mm. So it's up to me to provide for her. Yeah. You know? Like, it's mm-hmm. my responsibility to be there for everything. But, but, yeah, man, like, I think about that, and I never use. So, man... I'm proud of you. Like, I know I just met you, but, like, two years and four months is no joke, especially during 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I feel like a lot of it, like, for myself, too, like, when I came in, like, I didn't come in willingly. Mm-hmm. I was having fun, you know, but I realized, like, I was headed for death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was way too many, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for that. And But the question that, that I wanted to ask you um, and the thing that initially kept coming up was, like, during all your trips to treatment, you said you'd been in and out. You'd been in and, in, in and out of the system. You, like, at no point in time did it ever occur to you, like, hey, this is, like, the reason why I'm in here is because of my drinking. No, I actually didn't. Um, I think I was in so much denial. I think the real, when I found out, like, I was an alcoholic was when I was sitting in jail after I sobered up, I was sitting in jail, and there were, like, all these girls were, like, I'm in here for this and that drug charge or, you know, this and that. And they are like, what are you in here for, Kim? 
and I was in jail because I kept missing my breathalyzer tests, and I was like, because I can't stop drinking is basically the truth, and I was like, holy crap, like, I think I have a problem, and that was, like, my, the time, but when I went to treatment, it wasn't, like, I didn't do it with my whole heart, I felt like, yeah. Can you explain the feeling, like, when you finally were like, hey, man, I I missed all these BAs, like, how was it? Um... Um, what was that? I'm sorry. Like, can you explain, like, how you felt, like, when you finally came to terms with your... With my alcoholism is yeah. when, um, just, basically when I was, when my mom had to rely on somebody else to raise my kids, and I was like, gosh, I'm not even, like, I'm standing right in front of you, and I can't even be that reliable person, and so that was kind of like, all right, this is becoming a problem. And I've, like, my whole life, like, I've never thought I had a problem up until, you know, those. So it's kind of like a total surrendering moment, huh? Yeah, yeah, I just gave up. Like, exhausted? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, when I went to the AA, I was like, I can't keep doing this, you know? Yeah. I, I can't keep doing this. Like, I'm just, I always say, like, I'm tired of my own BS, and so mm. I wanted yeah. to get, yeah, sure. get in there and. Um, yeah, I could totally relate to that because, like, I remember that summer of 2015, I was like, man, there's got to be something better than this. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was it. Like, I was just, like, sitting there drinking my half a G. <laughs> I was like, this can't be life. <laughs> summer of 2015? Yeah, summer of 2015, I was still, I was hitting the half a G's. And I was like, man, I can't, um... This can't be life, as I remember the actual thought. Then after I said, like, there has to be something better. Yeah, there has mm-hmm. to be something more. There has to be more to life than this. Can't be living my life just drinking half a G's in my apartment by myself, watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Man. All right, that's pathetic. JC. <clears throat> I, I just want to tell you that you'd be surprised at how much of your story that I saw myself in. Because, like, I mean, like, the details are, you know, specific to each one of us. But the story is almost the same, right? We went, we all of us have been through the same thing. That's what you heard these guys say, oh, that resonated with me, or I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And and there's so much of it, like, I don't even know where to start. Like, when I was listening to you, I'm thinking, oh, man, I did that, too. Or, oh, that's how I felt. Or, man, I had that same character defect. Or, I, you know, that whole... And one thing that really jumped out at me, too, is, like, when, when you were talking about how... um you know, you you were basically uh, you had all those defense mechanisms set and ready to go, mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't my fault, this is your fault, yeah, mm-hmm. or that blaming, that, or else you know, trying not to be accountable for what you did, and then at one point, man, it just all hits you like, man, I have to say yes, I did that, yeah, and and it's kind of a shot to the gut, right? Like, oh man, yeah, and and then you, but you have to, and of course, you know, all throughout my addiction, I was. You know, you hold it at bay, but it doesn't go away. It actually just adds more and more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. But so when it finally does come, it's just like an avalanche, and you're like, "Oh man!" But then, like that that feeling afterwards is like, "Okay, you know what? Like I got this out of there. I called these demons out by name, and that makes it. You know, I don't even want to use that word. It makes it less. It gives them less strength. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Relieves yeah. them of like. their strength. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that uh, sorry, um, but that was the line of questioning that I was, that, that's what I was trying to say was like, okay, so you go through this moment of like denying, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not alcohol, all this. And then you come to that like surrendering moment. The reason why I asked you was like, can you explain that feeling? It's like, for me, it was like relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, like, yeah. And then then there comes that realization, too, like, man, like Josiah is always saying, we didn't realize we had that choice. But then when you realize, you know, I had that choice, like, man, it's that relief, too, that says, I don't have to do that. I don't have Mm. to. This whole time, (laughs) it felt like I wanted to. It felt like I this is what I had to do. Or, you know, I wanted to do it. Like, this is my choice. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was the case. I think it was something else, you know, that addiction, that, that, that yeah. the enemy's greatest weapon is deceit, right? Yeah. Yep. And so we lie to ourselves. We keep mm. lying to ourselves and saying, um, like, I never actually told myself, oh, I want to drink myself to death or I want to die. But it was always there and on some level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had to be mm-hmm. because, you know, like being too afraid to die but not, not wanting to live Yeah, to that point. But in that that relief and that that you know um, that release that you get when you finally realize I don't have to be like that because we don't. I mean, we it, it's just it's just crazy how that works out. Um, and it, <laughs> I'm going to use the word anyway, man. It's just a powerful thing. Power. Power, power. wonder working <laughs> power in the blood. In the blood of the land. Of the land. Hey, 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 So now that we got that it. out of the way. Hey, oh, yeah, don't mind these two. They, yeah. They'll they'll be here all night. All, all week. All week. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just like this amazing story, and and um, you know, you you say you are, I just wanted to help people, mm-hmm. and I and I and I guarantee you right now that this right here, this podcast or this episode that you're on, I mean, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage to come out here and say, okay, this is me. This was this was me, but now you know this is me now. But to have to go back and have to relive that, you know, and to get that out there, that takes a lot of courage. And that alone is going to help a lot of people, right? That's that, and it, it won't go away. It's like always going to be out there. Somebody might listen to this as soon as we drop it, but then two months from now, two years from now, somebody's going to oh, come across it and say, "Okay, this happened then," and there's this 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 strong lady that's giving out her story, and so you know that strength and all that resolve and everything that you've built up in the two years and two months, or is it four months? Four months. Two years and four months. That you you build up to this point, that kind of it'll transcend itself to the next person, and, mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know I think it's just an amazing thing like how that works out like I mean that's just part of what these circles are about right yeah and so I mean yeah I think that's like definitely the miracle of sharing your experience strength and hope yeah um, yeah I for one just want to thank you for coming in and being brave and sharing your story. I heard your story earlier this summer, er, earlier this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you came to the speaker meeting, shared your story, and I was just like, wow, man, that's powerful. And I just I just seen, like, your strength, you know, when you shared your story. And I was, man, I was inspired. 
thank you. You know, I was inspired. I was like, wow, man, she's she's doing it, you know, and like uh definitely like with Randy said, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm proud of you for coming this far, man. Just keep going. And at this time, you know, I'm gonna give you the floor, you're off the hot seat. Uh just give you the floor. Just kind of whatever message that you got in your heart, you know, to those natives out there that are struggling, you know, they're riding the fence or you know, they're fresh to recovery. What would what would you tell them? Um, just to get out of your comfort zone. I know when I went into like the rooms, I was so intimidated and I was like, none of these people know what I'm going through, but it's mm. amazing because once you actually get in there and listen, um, somebody that might not be in the same, like, for instance, I went in and I, there was a nurse in there in the meeting with me and that day I was just like, on fire and I was like this girl disrespected me and she looked at me funny and then I remember she stood up and I was I that's before I started talking in meetings and she stood up and she was like this girl looked at me funny and I wanted to and everything I I had like felt that day she related to and I was like mm. wow you know um so actually listening um getting out of that comfort zone also um not being too hard on yourself and being like and letting others I know everybody, every single person on this earth is not perfect. And so a lot of, um, you know, um, and then, you know, take it easy on, like, say you do have a relative that's going through alcohol or drug use, you know, addiction, just having that sympathy. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on with them at that time in their life. You know, they could be at the struggling and we are our own worst enemies when we're in our addiction. Mm. We judge ourselves and, you know, that's why we decide to start using drugs and abusing. Like nobody cares, you know. Um, but yeah, I lost, I lost a sister to cirrhosis a year ago. And I think, I think the hardest thing for her was to sober up was to actually have to look back on her demons and like work through them. Mm. And I think that mm. it's not as bad as, we build ourselves up to to do you know um but yeah right on man that's some awesome. good information that's pretty good yeah uh any kind of closing words from randy or jc oh uh, i i thoroughly enjoyed that yeah i mean like not in like, like oh yeah you had to go through that <laughs> but you know what i mean no, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know that just kind of sounded like well, after i said it it just sounded kind of weird like <laughs> i really like that <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. no i think it's it's awesome to come and share your story because i think it, especially once you face like what you went through like your experience and you kind of lose your you know the keys to 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 what loosed you from your prison um mm-hmm. i think the enemy really loses his power yeah you know because mm-hmm. a lot of it like yeah. a lot of why we don't share is because we're ashamed of what we've done and what we've gone through right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but then once you, you testify right when you think about somebody going to court they're testifying why is it called testified because they're expected to tell the truth Mm. right they're testifying of their experience or what they saw so like when you're up here and you're sharing your story man like you're still you're still that girl that started school for nursing mm-hmm. that's still your heart right like that's yeah you're, you're still this helper mm-hmm. and it's just kind of come full circle mm. yeah you know so thank you man thank you we, we really need that thank you yep right okay on. so uh one last thing oh can you tell me a joke? <laughs> <laughs> tell me your best one-liner. Um, 
don't think I have one. My son, since here's a jokester, so he can come. I'm not that good. Tell us one of his, then. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, my mind's blank right uh, now. When they put you on the spot, your mind goes blank. <laughs> did you see her, did you see her eyes? She's kind of weird. Remember when you walk out there, you be like, oh, man, I should have shared that one. Oh, like, all uh, these jokes are going to come in. Boom, my, boom. My son's going to watch this later, and he's going to be like, Mom, you should have said this one. And watch, I'm going to hear the end of it. Uh, <laughs> So I got a question for everyone here. Um, you guys done with your yes, X- yes. Xmas shopping? Oh, X- oh, you guys started? <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Like I'll go around and say, "Oh, I should get that for this one, and get that for this one," and then at the last minute, I'm like, "Yeah, I'll just get them all gift cards." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, you said that before. <clears throat> I was trying to buy stuff on Amazon yesterday, and uh, dude, it wouldn't let me check out for real. Yeah, like it kept saying like uh, Amazon is being overused or something. Oh dang! Did yeah, you finally get to dude, that? It kept going. Yeah, I forgot about it till last night. Uh, yeah, I was able to purchase it. Right on. Would you get me? <laughs> <laughs> about you, Kim? Did you get your Christmas shopping done? Not yet. I I'm a procrastinator, so okay. Sometime this week or next week or something. All right, so we got we got seventeen days. 17 days? 17 days. Oh, man, that's not as long as you think. No, this is going to go by quick because basketball season's here. Time's going to fly for me. For me, for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, cool, man. What about you? Uh, Half. Half? Half done. Got the online stuff ordered, and I just got to go around and. So is that cup half full or half empty? (laughs) I say. Drink it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty. Everybody, everybody I bought gifts for already opened theirs. So I'm the worst at giving gifts. Good. Is your idea open? No, I'm just I was kidding. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bought you something for Christmas. Here, open it. Tell me. <laughs> That's exactly how I am. <laughs> I'll rewrap it. <laughs> <laughs> Go and use it. We'll open it on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baloney. I think that might be part of it too. Like, like, man, what if I get this for them and they don't even like it? <laughs> so yeah, sure, here's sure. here's a gift card. You go wild, go wild. <laughs> yeah, just don't buy booze. Just don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't buy crack. <laughs> right on a card. Don't <laughs> crack is don't whack. buy alcohol with this card. Yeah. Not for alcohol. Not consumption. for alcohol consumption. <laughs> All right, cool. Any last words Dear before we close clerk, out? Not for alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> or the devil's lettuce. Yeah, or devil's lettuce. Or crack. Or smack. All right, cool. Man. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to our listeners out there on uh, Flat Earth, the unspoken words, disciples. Keep spreading the unspoken words, gospel. Billy Graham style. Gestapo style. style. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we love you. We appreciate you. Get on that Christmas list and get them gifts. We're out. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.